0: hey what's going on everybody welcome back to vantage point podcast where we bring insight keys and perspective to everyday living through the lens of god i'm your host nick and i'm so so glad you're tuning in to another episode of our end-of-year series, Holidays. Man, it has been an awesome time that we've had, just really unpacking the things of God and and really talking about those things that are, are somewhat difficult to talk about, right? Things that we have maybe endured, things that we um, experience during this holiday season. Last week, we talked about grief and how in our grief we have to be grounded in the things of God. We have to be grounded in our relationship with God because He ultimately helps us navigate the very real and um real things. Things that we feel um, as we experience grief and we talked about not just grief and, and death and loss, but grief and relationships and other things. And so if you haven't tuned into that episode or any other episode in the series, man, I want you to go ahead and lock in, pause this right now, go back. Uh, we have a few more episodes left in 2022 before we jump into 20. 20- 23. That's right. 2023. We just got a few more days left. We know the Christmas season is here, and like I said, we've been in this see- series uh, called Holidays. And so today, I want to talk about uh, just another aspect of this, and it's something that um, that I experienced here recently, um, more prevalent than ever in um, a very long time. And, and like I said, this series has really touched on those things that we don't often want to talk about when it comes to holiday season. And a lot of the things we talked about don't aren't reserved just for the holidays, right? We deal with these things throughout the year, but it's something about the holidays. It's something about November to December and even New Year's um, that we get into this days, we get into this funk around the holidays, and and, and these things um, just make themselves more magnified in what we do in our day to day. And sometimes it's just hard to walk through your day to day, right? And if I'm wrong about that, please let me know. If everybody just walks through life perfectly, no issues, no anything you deal with, then you need to let us know the formula and what you do because um, day-to-day, whether you're a Christian, whether you're not, you're going to experience things. You're going to have things that come up. You're going to have a rough holiday season. Not every holiday is going to be perfect, and we've been focused on that, right? And so today I want to talk about something um, that, again, has has hit me here in the last few weeks. and I want to talk about whispers. And first glance, you're like, what is okay? We're talking about whispers. What does that mean? What does that look like? And I really want to talk about just the way that we sometimes go through life, we go through these holidays and we start to hear whispers we start to hear whispers of uh, people close to us. We start to hear whispers um, from the devil, from our enemy. Um, We start to hear whispers from ourselves sometimes. And a lot of those things we don't really know how to address. We don't really know what to do with it. And sometimes if we're honest, um, those whispers get louder, right? They become uh, more prevalent. They become um, more amplified. Uh, and, And it's something that, you know, if we're not grounded and 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 girded up, it, it's a tough thing to deal with, right? And so, when we look at whisper, right, it literally means to speak softly with little or no vibration of the vocal cords, especially to avoid being overheard, right? It's to make a subliminal sound that resembles whispering, and we know a whisper is a lower um octave if you will of communication right it's to talk quietly it's to speak softly it's to communicate something without using a whole lot of effort and energy from your vocal cords. right and so if I were to you know talk like this throughout the episode that would be considered a whisper right you can hear me but it's not loud enough to overtake you and You know, it's interesting that even in those subtle whispers that we get, that we go through this um, back-and-forth power struggle between do we believe the whispers or not? Do we allow the whispers to overtake our mind? Do we allow the whispers to overtake what we believe? Do we allow the whispers of our day-to-day overtake our belief in what even God says? And if we're honest, there are many times that we do, and I mentioned this earlier, you know, last week I um, was in a, in a funk, actually, and it was right after recording Grounded Grief. And for that next 24-hour period, I was in a state of paralysis, if you will, because the whispers were, were so loud, they were so prevalent, they were so clear. And it was so wild that, you know, I'm I'm not going through anything like death of a, a loved one grief, but there were some things that I was grieving in, in my own personal life that connected to those whispers that I, you know, if we're honest, a lot of the whispers we hear, we we hear all the time. They're not, many of us don't get new whispers per se, right? There are whispers that have been, you know, trying to pin us down and hem us up and stop us from all the things that God wants us to do for years. And I know for me, those whispers were loud and clear. Okay. Very much so. And I, what I ultimately called it was torment. And it literally just overtook my mind. It overtook everything that, that I was enduring and thinking and feeling. And it really was making me question a lot of things right so these whispers are are driving and driving into my brain and they're making me think about things and making me question things um about me about my walk about all the things that god has had for me or planning for me and when we define torment it's it's extreme pain or anguish of body or mind and it was this literal thing that I felt deep in, in my mind and I, I, I literally could not shake it. I could not, and I, and I, you know, it's something that I don't often experience, right? I, I, I hear a whisper here and there. I hear something and I kind of just like, okay, yeah, whatever. I, I blow that off and I move on with life, right? And, and that's kind of how I operate. But for this particular day, those whispers those um, negative thoughts, those condescending thoughts, those thoughts that were contradictory to what God has said to me became louder and louder and louder. And ultimately what I realized was it was a combination of things. It was, you know, things that I thought that my own thoughts were becoming louder, Um, it was the thoughts of what other people have said, right? So I'm reminding and replaying in my mind the words of other people. But the other thing that I realized was that it was the works of the devil, right? And, and I don't think as Christians we do enough and take enough uh, time and due diligence to understand our enemy, right? I was in the military for eight years and that is one thing that they will make sure that you know In the military, you will study and understand and be able to identify not only who your enemy is, but you'll be able to identify the tactics of that enemy. And I think sometimes in the body of Christ, we don't take enough time. We know who he is, but we don't take enough time to understand how he works. And in John, verse three and eight, there's a overarching reason. Um, When it comes to Jesus and the reason that 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 Jesus is here and John 3 8 says this first John 3 8 it says whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. The reason the son of God appeared was was to destroy the works of the devil. And what good news is that, right? That is the reason, right? That's the reason the son of God appeared and we're coming up on Christmas, the birth of Jesus. And to know that in that birth, his goal, his mission is to destroy the works of the devil. And we have to kind of keep that that context, that that terminology, works of the devil um, in our minds and understand that what we look like and what that sounds like and what that ultimately means. Um, And if we go back a verse uh, into verse 7, and it says, Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. And then again, back to our verse we just read, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning since the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And when we understand what the works of the devil are, we're able to not only understand them, but also acknowledge them when they appear, right? And, and so there's there's a few passages in the Bible that really give us a clear answer to this question but jesus actually in john 8, 40, 8 explains it very well and, and jesus says this he says you belong to your father the devil and he's confronting uh some religious leaders in israel and he says you belong to your father the devil and you want to carry out your father's desires he was a murderer from the beginning not holding to the truth for there is no truth in him when he lies, he speaks his native tongue, for he is a liar. And not only that, the father of lies. And according so according to Jesus, some of the works of the devil are murder and lying. And these two really sum up the character of the devil and his goals. He wants to see God's people destroyed and go to hell, that's murder, right? And he also wants to deceive us into that destruction that's lying. So when we think about back to our our title of this this episode whispers it would seem that that would be a great tactic of the enemy right is to use the whispers of 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 insecurities and things of that nature to not only destroy us but deceive us into that destruction, right? It's one thing to destroy, but there's there's a deception before the destruction, and if we can if we can curtail the deception, then we may be able to prevent some destruction, right? And, and so we even see this in the Garden of Eden, right? Satan deceived Eve, that led to her disobedience, right? And then as a resort, as a, as a result, Adam sinned, and through all of humanity into the bondage of sin, right? Satan lied to Eve with the goal of murdering her, separating her from God. Why? Because his works, his goal is to destroy humanity, to destroy the relationship we have with God, right? So he started with the deception of Eve that led to her disobedience, that now led to more disobedience and then led to destruction, right? And we see this, again, in that way and in our own lives, right? And when I go back to these whispers, that is the one thing that afterwards God showed me, like, it was the devil. It was the, the lies of the enemy trying to distract and disorient and, and distract me and deceive me into thinking that what I was doing didn't matter, that God did not love me, that no one did, and that my life was a waste. And that was the deception and, and, and the whispers that I was hearing back and forth, back and forth, constant whispers. And see, before we were saved, before we were Christians, right, we were under the full works, right? We were in the world. We were of sin, right? We were dead in our own transgressions and sins in which we used to live when we follow the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. And that's Ephesians chapter two, verses one and two and see the works of the devil in our life causes us to be causes us to be gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. And that's verse three. And it's only through love, mercy and grace of God, that we were rescued from the works of the devil, and that was verses four through five of Ephesians two, uh, chapter two, and, and see the 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 works of the devil affect humanity. They affect us morally, physically, intellectually, and spiritually. Spiritually, right? Morally, he entices people to sin, making evil. It makes it seem appealing, right? why do, why do we think people sin right it's not you know some sin and is is appealing let's just be honest right and, and and we often will choose that disobedience over choosing to obey God right the devil can inflict disease physically um causes us physical trials right intellectually we we're talking about that part right now seduces people in the error teaching false doctrines right he casts doubts and keeps unbelievers in intellectually blinded by spiritual truth and the gospel and not only non-believers but believers can also be blinded right talking about false doctrines and things of that nature right he creates these distractions and promotes confusion that causes us to act irrationally and foolishly and and it and again, that's just for non-believer. But again, it's for believers too. We'll, we'll we'll get into these funks. We'll get we'll hear the whispers, and we'll start to shift our focus away from the things of God. We'll start to focus on other things like pride and celebrity and notoriety and our own beliefs and creating our own doctrine and things of that nature. And He uses so much of these things in the world to distract us, and oftentimes they start with a whisper. And why do we, when we think about, why do we even entertain the whispers? It's all about our insecurities, right? To be insecure is to lack confidence or trust, whether in ourselves or someone else. And so we can have a whole lot of reasons why we're insecure. But when we really boil it down, a lot of our insecurities is, is our failure to fully trust God. And the enemy knows that. Right? We all have a weakness. We all have an insecurity. And the devil would love nothing more than to play and to torment us at the point of our insecurity. Right? Think about the strong the, the thing you're least insecure about. Get that picture in your head. The thing you're least insecure about. Right? He's not going to torment you that much on that because, you know, you can pivot right into what God's word says because you've gone through some things, you have some experience, but you know what God's word says about that one thing. Now, think about the thing you're most insecure about. I want you to get a picture of that head. Get a picture of that in your head. Maybe the one to two things, your top two most things you're insecure about. Now, those are the things he's going to whisper to you about. Those are going to be the things that he's going to take his time and whisper about. And why would that be? Why would he play on those things? Because you yourself also play on those things. You have insecurities about those things, right? Whether that be... um, Your looks, whether that's your ability to sing, whether that's your ability to lead, whatever that is, he knows that you're insecure about that. So if he can whisper something to you about it, that's another level that he can attack you and put you in a position to question what God says about that thing. Right? Because here's the thing, in your strength, you know God is with you. You don't think he's with you in your weakness? Of course he is. Of course God is with you in your weakness. He goes before you. He's not going to leave you or forsake you. So we don't have to fear, but yet in our insecurities, that's where the whispers come in. So why do we experience the feelings of insecurities, doubts, and fear? Why does God seem so far away on those things? Because when we think about Satan's arsenal and his works, his biggest weapon is doubt. He loves for us to question who we are and how we measure up to others. He wants us to feel insecure over the meaning and purpose of our lives, especially if we haven't figured that part out yet, if God hasn't revealed that to us, right? And when we key in on those insecurities and when he's whispering to us about those insecurities, he's also trying to flip us to fill those insecurities and secure them with things of the world not God. See, the world strives us to be number one and promotes all these things where, you know, we have to have this or we have to do this. We have to have the biggest, the baddest, the largest, and all the things. And that's how we cover our insecurities in this world. We're not confident in what we look like. We buy a bunch of fancy clothes. We have a good car. We buy this huge house. And we do all these things to make ourselves look secure when actually we're insecure on the inside. And the devil's continually whispering to us: "Keep dying, buying those things. Keep getting those things. That's helping you. Yep, that's feeding your insecurity. That's making you more secure. That's building your courage. That's building your your confidence. No, it's not. It's just masking your insecurity. And and, and that's what he does with the whispers. And, and we get into these things, and we get into the the um." the tricks and manipulations that are designed to deceive us. And what are some ways that even in that, that that the devil will um, get us or trick us right into falling into the things of the world. Right. First thing is he challenges God's word. We see that in Genesis three. Uh, we, we, we get again, back to Adam and Eve. It was a deception. It was challenging what God said. And that's exactly his first recorded words in the Bible. When he was the serpent, he said to Eve, Did God really say? And with those four words, we began to entertain a challenge to the word of God. Did God really say? And now we get into positions that we don't even need the devil to ask us that. We'll ask ourselves that. Did God really say? And we sit there and, and, and now we have to go back and reexamine the clarity of God's word. Because Satan himself began and invited us into the um, the mindset that did God really say this was wrong? Did God really say homosexuality is wrong? Did God really say only a man and a woman can marry? Did God really say sin no more? And now we put ourselves in a position where we challenge God's word all because of a whisper. Number two, we challenge our identity. When Satan came against Jesus and tempted him in the wilderness. On two different occasions, Satan began his temptation with these words, if you are the son of God. Here's the crazy part about that. He knew who he was. He knew exactly who he was. Mark 1, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he knew, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. If you are the son of God, Jesus was there when Satan fell like lightning from heaven, Luke 10 and 18. So the devil chose a a perfect opportunity where Jesus was physically weak and hungry to attack his identity. He does the same thing with us. We, he puts it we're in positions in our insecurity and we're in this mode in this holiday season where we're questioning things we've we've lost loved ones we nobody we're we're the, we're the black swan or black sheep of the family and that's what we've been told but that's not what God has told you. that's what your aunt has told you and then you allow Satan to come and say you're not really the, you're not really a child of God. you are that black sheep. you're not a Christian. you are that because if you were this wouldn't happen. And we sit there and figure out, and we sit there and fall into another uh, whisper, so to speak. Another one is he twists scripture. He uses scripture. He literally used scripture against Jesus, but with a twist. And he was trying to persuade Jesus to act in the flesh rather than follow the spirit. But what Satan failed to complete, he forgot to, he, he didn't complete the thought of the psalm. The next verse says, in Psalm ninety-one, thirteen, it says, "You will tread on the lion and the cobra; you will trample the great lion and the serpent." And see, those references are metaphors for enemies, right? And the devil is likened to both a lion and a serpent in Scripture. And the true meaning, because if going back to that, that tempting Jesus, what Satan was ultimately um, um, quoting was Psalm ninety-one. And when you really look at the deep meaning of Psalm 91, the real meaning is that God will protect and empower his people as they overcome the enemy, Satan. And see, one while, one one tactic in those whispers, he's going to leave out key parts of scripture in order to twist its meaning to fit his agenda. So there's yet another whisper. He won't even give you the full scope of what he's telling you. And lastly, he gives you a tempting alternative to obedience. Another scheme, another tactic used to tempt, tempt Jesus was to suggest another path, avoiding obedience to God's will. And of course, Satan knew he couldn't just tell Jesus to forget the whole plan and go back to heaven. He offered an alternative. Luke 4, 5 and 7, 5 through 7, it says the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. And this was directly aimed at the humanity of Jesus. Cause Jesus now knew what it was like to be in the flesh he knew the spikes he would feel in his hands. He knew the rejection and mockery, what that would feel like. Satan was offering him a compromise. What if Jesus could save the world without suffering crucifixion? What if he could take a shortcut and get it all right now? <laughs> One of the craziest whispers is compromise. Compromise. You can still get that, but you got to compromise. And see, when it comes to mature believers and ones that have been in this walk for a while, it's a little harder to come with that full frontal attack on values and convictions. So what does he do for them? He comes around the back looking like a friend, looking like somebody with a reasonable alternative, right? At the right time, you got the right solution to my wrong problem. Right. And it's all and it could go something like this. You know, well, it might be wrong for me to move in with my boyfriend or girlfriend. But if I do that, I can witness to them more because they'll be living with me and watching me live out my faith. Or, you know what, I don't need to go to church to be spiritual. I can connect better with God alone in the woods. Or at my house, because I don't have the distractions of people, the hypocrites anyway. And I can just solely focus on God and his will, so I don't need to go to church. And it's things like that. It's compromise and whispers that put us in a position that we go against God and that we fall and drop into the thoughts and minds of those whispers. And how do we combat those? How, how do we deal with the whispers? We first have to stay clothed in the armor of God. We have to stay immersed in his word so that we can recognize deception. The Bible is literally the playbook to everything the enemy has to throw at us. We get real perfect examples like we've been talking about, but we also get practical things we can do to drive our accountability and re- be able to repent and, sink and seek. God in every turn. Psalm thirty-seven, twenty-three and 24 gives us encouragement Who, for those who desire to live godly lives, not who just think they can do it, but who desires it. And it says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. And see, when we are walking with God, and we're holding his hand, and we're in relationship with him, when the whispers come, we don't fall victim to them. We don't allow the deception to lead to disobedience, to lead to our destruction. And even as I finished that day, I went to sleep and I woke up with a different mindset. I I called the things out. I posted it. I I let people know, hey, I'm, I'm having a day today. I need prayer. I need something because the torment is real. And I don't like where my mind is going. And being able to call it out didn't allow it to fester. Calling it out alerted people of my condition. Calling it out Let God know that I was not about to sit in it today. And when I woke up the next day, I realized that God was still with me. He still had purpose for me. I hadn't lost anything because of a day of torment. If anything, I was strengthened ever more in my resolve. And I'm encouraging everyone on this episode, whether it's listening to it for the first time or somebody sent it to you, that God still has a plan for you. Do not let this ho- do not do not let the whispers of this holiday season put you in a position where you become deceived, disobedient, and dis and disassociated with who God is and what he has for you. God, I pray right now for everybody listening to this episode. I pray that they continue to stay connected with you. I pray that they don't fall victim to the whispers of the enemy or the whispers of their insecurities. God, I pray that you continue to to speak to them. Allow your words, your scriptures, your example be louder than any whisper, any thought, any conjecture, any contradiction of what you have said for everyone listening to this episode. I thank and praise you for their life. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. I'm so glad you guys are tuning in, still locked in. Share this episode. There's so much more coming uh, for Vantage Point, so much more. We have a couple more episodes left this year. We're going to close out holidays with a special Christmas um, episode, and and then we're going to close out 2022, as we've done the last few years, with a, a, a final episode to sum up this year, and as we catapult and step into 2023. And as always, keep seeking keys, insight and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God. It'll change your world and your life. God bless.